Hello, listeners! It is time for Empty the Cues. It's a podcast in which I, Will Williams, show my friends stuff they haven't seen. You are on the track for The Good Place with me and Gavin and Ellie. It's a good time! So, in this episode of Empty the Cues, they watch the second episode of the first season of The Good Place. Why am I singing a bunch today? It's because I've had too much coffee! So, yeah, Uh, (laughs) um, as you listen, you will hear some dings like this one for when they get a prediction right or for uh, when they get a prediction wrong like this one or uh, a special one for the The Good Place track is this one for when when something makes uh, one of us absolutely just fucking cringe in the episode. Um, also, this is is the episode in which uh, we discovered that Ellie is exactly the perfect person to be watching this show. So, I hope you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the plot of the first Cars movie. It's all the plot of the first What? (laughs) I will, we will, we will get to it, but the- No, no. No, no. Go on. <laughs> Go on. So, in Cars, Lightning McQueen, Mr. Kachow himself, ends up in a small town where he doesn't belong, and he is tasked with doing a thing he doesn't particularly want to do if he wants to be able to accomplish something that he does want to do, which in that case is leaving the town. Mm-hmm. He then has to do a dirty manual labor job to be able to achieve that goal. Oh my god. He fucks it up. He then cannot achieve the thing he wants to do. And then he feels bad. So late at night, by himself, he accomplishes oh the thing entirely by himself. Which is exactly what happened in this <laughs> okay. episode. Uh, so we, we have the summary for this today's episode is done. So let's get to discussing like stuff. Uh-huh. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Yep. <laughs> Lightning McQueen, am I right? <laughs> You're welcome. You've got a friend in me. Life is a highway, and we're gonna ride it all night long. Can we talk about how the most success, one of the most successful Pixar movies of all time, doesn't have any original freaking songs? Or wait, the main song in the movie is "Life Is a Highway." Uh, I think sure there's is. like one bad song written for the movie. So who's gonna who's gonna kick us off on the on the actual <laughs> summary? Previously, listen, um, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Go, go on, Ellie. <laughs> Gavin's summary was not that far off. We just need to I replace really it with some wasn't. good place stuff. So <laughs> let me try <laughs> to just like okay. actually sum up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Eleanor wants to stay in the good place, but needs to mm-hmm. complete a task she doesn't want to do, which is learn how to be good. And in this very specific case in this episode, um, uh, Chidi volunteers her to clean up trash after the debacle from the end of the previous episode so that she learns how to be good in the spirit of community. And then if she completes it in the good, non-selfish spirit, he will help her learn how to be good so that she can stay in the good place. And then Eleanor doesn't complete it in the spirit of community completes it kind of like she doesn't want to makes fun of people um and then cheats at the very Mm -hmm. end and dumps a bunch of trash 
like in like just anywhere in a corner and then runs to go complete what she really like, wants literally to do. just kind of puts it under the rug. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, which is take a flying lesson so everybody in the good place can learn how to fly. And of course, he volunteers her because she has to like give up flying to help clean up. And so she sneaks in the last five minutes of flying, except before she can really start flying, trash starts raining down from the sky. And she realizes, oh, this is this is probably the trash that I put on the, on the ground. Oh, no. Um, and so then she feels bad. Later and late at night, she goes and picks up all of the trash and puts it where it's supposed to be. And then Chidi finds her and Chidi's like, oh, you did it because you felt bad. It's the same story. <laughs> it's the same story. It is the same story. You yep. have left out. <laughs> and the good place. You have left out one crucial uh, aspect, which is the sort of revert, sort of uh, my name is Earl style flashbacks to when she was a jerk yes. back in the day. I, I left yeah, those okay, out for a reason. Let's actually focus on these. So my cringe counter for this show oh. was six. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Let's, can you rapid fire your six cringe counter moments? Oh, yes, wow, I can. Six? Yep. I was I a little six. bit more nice this time around. I want to hear your six. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Um, cringe count one is the first flashback. Cringe count two was when she was directly sarcastic to the face of the two men who really like cleaning up trash. Um, oh, God. Cringe count three was the second flashback. Um, cringe count four, which was kind of an ironic cringe count four, was the dog. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a cringe count? Yeah, uh, it it was it was when it when Michael Gavin. says it is a mere wow. construct of a dog specifically. Um cringe count five. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. It cannot feel love. Yeah. Uh cringe count five is uh the next flashback. Um mm-hmm. and I think cringe count six is just after that. Um I didn't write down what cringe count six was, so it's probably this same flashback, honestly. I am shocked that uh, that Eleanor saying that the country Chidi is from is Africa yeah. was not on there. <laughs> oh, I think because that one got me. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, those don't get me for a cringe count because that's just white people. Oh, legit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I <laughs> watched that legit. and I'm like, yeah, this is approximately like this is what I expect. Right. This is just this is how white people function. Yeah. Yep. So yep. it's not a cringe yep. count. It's more of a, a yup count. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, like, just a little checkmark confirmed. Yeah. It, it, uh, it was funny, but it also had like a uh, um, sort of uh, almost like one is patting themselves on the back for how woke the joke is. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, let's let's go into those flashbacks. So I can say that we're going to be getting a lot more flashbacks. Um, They are kind of a fundamental part of how this show operates. I was shocked there was not more Family Guy Guy style flashbacks in the first episode. Yeah, I I figured. (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of surprising that there weren't many in that first episode, but I think they were really trying to write out 
the like reveal of Eleanor not, yeah. you know, not belonging there as long as they could. Um, so the three flashbacks we get are all um, events where she was doing like kind of a happy hour Thursday with her coworkers and uh, getting out of being designated driver for various reasons. Um, by the end, they give her this ultimatum where it's like either you are designated driver for us or you are never invited out to be out with us again. And she's like, oh, OK, bye. <laughs> like, that's that's fine by me. Um the the core uh, facet of that joke that the one that actually worked for me in the whole flashback sequence is the fact yeah. that they intentionally hide a uh, the fact that it's work friends until the last second so that you find out not only it, it's not that just right, that she's right. blowing off friends it's that people she works with yeah <laughs> yeah um how did y'all feel about the employment of flashbacks here um i know that flashbacks are like kind of a divisive thing in storytelling how did y'all like them i hate where it's going (laughs) okay if i have to suffer five million flashbacks of watching previous eleanor be a terrible human being and like kind of embarrass herself by being a terrible human being i'm going to die like my heart is literally going to explode from the cringe counter (laughs) structurally it feels like that's going to be the joke every single freaking time and that will get old i don't i don't particularly turn my nose up at a good flashback gag i like flashback gags when they're done well but i refer to them as family guy flashbacks as an insulting name because they can be used as a sort of fill in for the fact that you don't actually have a punchline for the joke that you're writing at this very moment. So you go with the like, what would be the most ridiculous thing we could cut to? Mm. But right. I'm not particularly worried about it because we have such expertly crafted jokes as one I have a note about later. <laughs> I I would not be surprised if the flashback set up a very long and complicated punchline. Yeah. Hmm. Which it did mm. in this one with the work friends thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like. We do get more flashbacks. And I can say that they're not just Eleanor flashbacks. That's, that's what I figured as well. Like, you, there's okay. only so okay. many times you can show Eleanor being a terrible human being. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, at some point, you're just going to have yeah. way too many flashbacks of Eleanor being a terrible person. And it's like, why are we writing a show about this person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say so many things. <laughs> yes, well. <laughs> the, welcome to the conceit of the show you've made. Yep, right. Uh-huh. And then um, I have sometimes to, like, readjust something that I literally just said. Audience oh, members, okay. I am so sleepy. Um, <laughs> which is not, like, why are we making a show about this person? It's clearly because it's about talking about, like, people who have made terrible decisions like there mm-hmm. is like they also make good ones and the complexity of like being a human being because good people also make terrible decisions yeah so that's i mean that's the that's or, the why uh, are we writing we a show have... about this person but what i mean is at some point you're going to get really tired of seeing just past eleanor in flashbacks being terrible yeah like it's it's right. going to wear on you as a viewer and I, I think that it would... Well, we are already setting up the fact that Tahani is also an asshole. 
and I, is writing it out. I let's dig into that. I she liked, lies about having Princess die as a godmother. I, I, I that liked, wasn't a lie. That wasn't a lie. No, I didn't that think it was. Doesn't work out math wise. <laughs> no, everything, everything Tahani says about celebrities that she's name dropping is meant to be taken as fact okay um we get a so one thing i I think was really interesting about this episode is that the 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 kind of like main story exists and is fine but there is so much in the b stories and in the little tiny details that give away a whole ton um while this main story is just kind of operating and upon this viewing Focusing more on Tahani, Michael, and Jianyu was really, really interesting to me. Um, I think it was a good choice. I think we get a lot more of Tahani revealed. Yeah, yeah. Ellie Um, talked about that a little. I actually like Tahani more now that I've seen this episode. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just laser focused on the Princess Die thing. Fair enough. Um, I figured that that was true. I kind of... I laughed about it in like a, oh, God, please kind of way, because even if it's true, the way that she like presents it as like a fact to just say out loud gives me the impression of someone like like using that to give a a reason for why they deserve X or want X or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. But I don't think Tahani was really There's trying definitely to definitely an air of entitlement. Right. This air of entitlement. Right. But the thing is that, like, once I saw Tahani in this episode and, like, the depth of her character with wanting to, like, desperate to get Janyu to talk mm-hmm. and connect with her because that's the way that she connects with people is, like, like I get it. Like, the thing is that, like, I, I yes. get it. <laughs> Very deeply, like, Mm -hmm, trying to get someone mm -hmm. to talk with you meaningfully in order to form a relationship because, well, in the good place, because this person's supposedly your soulmate. Right. And I I think that there is something telling about the fact that she would be paired with somebody who is silent, that that is, like, somebody who is meant for her, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I actually think that if you tried, you could kind of extrapolate to Hani's whole deal yeah. from this episode alone. Um, I think that it's very revealing of the kind of person that she is. Yeah. I also appreciate that we're doing something more with the silence thing that makes it a little less cheap. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, running, the running bit of her trying to like walk him into saying something isn't isn't it's not hard to see it coming from a mile off after the first time she does it but it's funnier each time she does it Mm -hmm. (laughs) one two three we help out michael yeah just like (laughs) it's like some of the the dumbest stuff also like that's the thing yeah yeah. she's like so desperate that she's trying some very not well thought out choices of how to get someone (laughs) to say stuff like literally super childish this is like trying to get someone to break their silence yeah. when you, like, jinx them. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly like that. And Her attempt at being silent with him, yes! too, was so funny. It was so funny. She was just like, well, that was that was nice. I feel more relaxed now. <laughs> For, like, 0. 0.2 seconds. Yeah, it was she exactly just three seconds. 
Everything in the show runs in the comedy rule of threes, oh, and it sure went three does. beats. Of course it Oh, does. man. Yeah. Um. What? Okay, so in this episode, we also get that... Uh, so Michael is, like, falling apart. Yeah. He... Because things keep going wrong with the neighborhood, um, he is, like, falling apart at the seams, which is why he's turning to Tahani and Jianyu for a little bit of help. Um, because and Janet Eleanor, when he's sweating. And Janet, yes. Uh, there is that, also a few Janet moments in here that were very interesting. Very good. <gasps> um, yes. Yeah? There absolutely were. You have something to say, and I want to hear it. I want to talk about when, at the very beginning of the episode, uh, has to ask for the same colored, like, yellow and black striped suit thing. And mm-hmm. she asks Janet whether she's whether people are allowed to like find out like her requests yes but she doesn't ask about any of the rest of janet's rules right right like this is a very um, poorly thought out like this there was a lot of poorly thought out <laughs> things in this episode that people have been doing but i find it very interesting mm-hmm. that she didn't think to ask janet right like what about you what are you allowed to do like, I would have asked Janet, mm-hmm. an AI, who I know for a fact is an AI because I've been told, um, right? like, whether she was required to report anything. Well, you right. gotta keep that right. one for your Janet Bottle episode in three or four apps. <laughs> we do actually, throughout the series, get a few Janet Bottle episodes. Thank God, I love a Janet. Yeah, love a Janet. But, like, um, it's this, it's this misunderstanding yeah, the- of how... We program AIs to be like humans. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, it is important to to hold on to that idea that people can't look up their like other people's search history. Yeah. Um, rules like quote, that are going to be right at yeah. the beginning. That was perfect systems. One little flaw. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like that line says something to me, and I, I have difficulty expressing in words what it is. Mm-hmm. But it, it feels like um, this comment, like the thing that I think of, of course, is that like humans don't think about the fact that when you build a system, when you build software or whatever technology, there is always the flaw of it being built from your bias like your bias is inside of the system yes right and i feel like that is which is pertinent to what we are seeing in this show a little bit even if it's like not systems like technology systems but systems of people right Right. because this neighborhood was built by michael the people put into it follow a system that Michael has constructed, supposedly. Yes, and we can already see that, like, yeah. full-on decaying. Right, exactly. Um, between the the clothes, between the trash falling, um, and he knows that things are just going to keep going wrong. Um, while we're on that topic, I, I do want to talk, talk about the dumbest joke in the episode. Sure. Oh. <laughs> Love a dumb joke? <laughs> Which one would that be? The one where he, <laughs> he kicks the dog? No. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just sitting here on notes for that I scene. Know. You're so excited. 
excited. No, the one where he tells Tahani that he's a canyon of poo-poo. Uh, and she just goes, no. <laughs> if you watch, um, Ted Danson could not fucking get through that line read. He broke every time. And when you watch it, knowing that, you can see that he's absolutely cracking up and just hiding his face because of that. And it was probably the best they could get from him. <laughs> For the line, I'm a canyon of poop. I, I kind of like Ted Danson. <laughs> oh my god, he is totally losing his shit. He's losing his shit. He is cracking He is hiding his face in his head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god. little just, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cut away immediately. <laughs> it's super good. Okay, Gavin, let's let's talk about when he kicks the dog. Into oh god, the I love this scene this, so this much, y'all. This is y'all. my second favorite bit in the whole episode <laughs> and I was watching it thinking he's not going to kick the dog because this show has no guts and then he he <laughs> drop kicks that fucking dog into this and <laughs> when the dog hits the sun and there is a there's an impact and it's not size appropriate and there's a little dog yelp Jordan was asleep behind me I could not laugh out loud and I was fucking dying because I could not laugh at this it was the perfect the perfect setup and execution of that joke and it perfectly encapsulates how you can have goofy green screen doesn't look that good CG compositing stuff in a sitcom and it just is part of the aesthetic and it looks perfectly fine the flying stuff actually looks really good because everyone's in like different colored jumpsuits and the cgi models are fine and Mm -hmm. whenever they have someone on wires it looks goofy because everything looks goofy they're in a back lot like right him drop kicking a dog into the sun and the sun's obviously the size of like a ford focus yeah like like, i don't know like 60 stories into the sky which is like kind of up there <laughs> oh, so funny! And then, and then when he brings the dog back, and he's like, "It's okay." Oh, it's a construct. It's a of construct. A dog. It does not feel pain or love. And she's like, "It, it doesn't, doesn't love me. me." And he's like, "I can get you a dog that loves you more. I can kick this right back into." The <laughs> yeah, I love it. That, that's the only way he knows how to dis, dis, like discard of the dog. Now is to drop kick it into the sun. <laughs> He just takes it out of her hands and poof, like. <laughs> and I really? love how earnestly she's like, "No, no, what? Oh, what? <laughs> you really want me to watch to you when kick the dog my dog first? into the sun? What's the matter with you?" <laughs> well, now he knows he can do it, and he knows oh. he's pretty good at it. <laughs> oh god! Since that we're close so to it, and there's no other way for this to come up, probably. Um, right before the dog bit. Uh, is when Eleanor is first getting into cleaning up trash and they really highlight how much she wants to go flying mm-hmm. by have someone who is flying descend yeah. and talk to her for a hot second. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, that's Tinkerbala from that's the Tinkerbella. Guild. I literally have her in my notes as Tinkerbala, dude. So <laughs> what's wild about uh, The Good Place is that it pulls from a ton of people who have been in web series. So Tinkerbala, for people who didn't watch The Guild... You don't need to watch the guild. It was not very good. Uh, ouch! <laughs> I'm You're sorry, not wrong, dude. But ouch! It had Felicia Day and Will Wheaton. I'm 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna revolu- advocate for that show. It, it revolutionized web series. It created the idea of a web series as we currently understand it, True. and it did not age well. It did not age well. Um, but everyone in it is still blank from the guild. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This show pulls from like a really strange, interesting cast of actors. So are they basically just trawling L.A. for act like? Sort of in the same way a, a a good chunk of podcasts that need improv comedians just kind of hit up um, UCB. <laughs> so, yes and no. Who you got? Um, the casting of The Good Place is fascinating to me. Um, the way that it was cast was they had a really wide casting for a lot of things, but specifically Janet. Janet did not have, I don't think, a name when they put out the casting call, did not have an age, a race, uh, gender anything they were like this character is like kind of a help desk worker we don't even know what we're gonna do with this character and they just cast i mean they, they opened the casting super wide um they found darcy Carden and fell in love with her and they were like we're gonna kind of adapt this character together um so janet is really built out of both mike sure and darcy Carden's work um but while they were doing that casting they Honestly, they basically did what Hug House did, where they just built a Rolodex of everyone who impressed them in any way, who had some kind of like weird, quirky improv chops or felt like the right tone for the show. And they pulled them back for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried to pull from like pools of people who have done some work, but aren't big names yet. Um, which I think is fascinating and so wonderful. Um, and I really like seeing people who have kind of gotten like little tiny jump starts in other things get featured in this show in some way, even if just for a little bit. So, son, dog, other things. Uh, can I talk about the, um, can I talk about the name one thing about me scene? Mm-hmm. The way? Yes. The very beginning of the episode where Chidi's like, name one thing about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should talk about that. And then she goes, that. name one thing about me. So yeah. the stru- I want to talk about this from a joke structure perspective because I think it is beautiful in how it is both designed. It's a two-part joke, right? It's a name one thing about me and she's a monster. And then she says, name one thing about me and he names off a bunch of stuff. Part one is almost dna constructed to be hilarious if you just watch the first part and you moved into this one so for people on streaming that part of the joke is the one that works the best regardless of the africa thing just from like a pure structure standpoint uh and then the back half of the joke where he lifts off a bunch of stuff about her everything we learned about her in the first episode basically if you are not watching these on streaming back to back and you're seeing these episodes days apart or over a week apart like I am, and you are having a hard time remembering things about Kristen Bell uh, and Eleanor, uh, (laughs) who are one (laughs) in the same in my head, basically, uh, then it's even funnier that he can rattle off all those things in the span of like five seconds. So you've basically got a joke that can do either at the same time, and that is just fascinating to me. Yeah, uh, the structure was definitely there. Also, <laughs> also, yikes. Uh, yeah. I think that this, an- this is another big case of the show not earning this. Punching um, above its weight class. Yeah, yeah. I think, so the good place, 
The Good Place is more like, well... It really does have big office energy, like... Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I don't feel like it ever, ever earns this joke. I think that the show thinks it earns this joke because it has a a fairly diverse cast for network television comedy meow 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 at this time blah 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 um but one not really uh like for instance we can even look at my discussion of casting janet like i i do think it is important to note that they had this wide casting and don't get me wrong i fucking love darcy carden and would die for her but they had this really white this really wide casting and they still wound up with a cis white fairly attractive lady you know um i which isn't to say she doesn't deserve the role but also but also come on now you know um I think that the show thinks it earns a lot more than it does when it comes to jokes like these because it's doing better in its eyes than most other network TV, which one, I don't think it necessarily is, and two, is not enough. That I mean, is that happened with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, yes. Oh, how the mighty fall. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mike sure has got a long way to go. Yeah, like if this is complicated for me because I, I mean, I watched that and I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's a that's a white person thing. I didn't mm-hmm. think that it was like a joke, actually. Like I, I kind of missed the fact that it was a joke, and I thought that this is more, yeah, the, of some white people writing, look at this terrible white person who is doing yeah no it's, it's again the big the big red arrow comes out and be like get right. it like yeah it's just like, yeah we don't need Gavin that there. arrow one like, right it's not necessary for chidi to be hurt in this manner in order to elucidate a white person's like fact that people yeah. can already assume is true they yes. assume it feels like the assumption is they are being big brave beautiful people for having a scene in which a POC character gets to talk down to a straight white blonde woman as if that's enough to that's that's the that's the counterbalance to it that's them paying penance cuz i like even watching that scene i'm like this would not fly like 5 years prior <laughs> Yeah. How how direct mm-hmm. Chidi is being with her would not have flown it's, it's on TV in the early early aughts or late nineties. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a problem. It, that doesn't mean the math works out. I mean, I, I much prefer the next scene, which is where he brings out the book by Kant. Yes, I love it. Yes. I love it. And then Rapid Fire asks like a bunch of questions that are very deep philosophical questions um, that people have been writing about for yes. you know, um, mm-hmm. as though they are things that this woman has thought about literally ever in her life. <laughs> right. 
Um, I, I want to make like kind of a little behind the scenes note on this. Um, every text that is mentioned in the show, Mike sure has read several times over and several of the cast members have read. Um, while in production, I know that Kristen Bell read every single text that was brought up, wow. which I think is really, really fascinating and takes a lot of work and would make my brain feel hurty. Um, <laughs> I was already super impressed by the fact that the stack of books on the table was like actual books. Oh, and yeah. It didn't look like there were that many prop ones, if any at all. No, yeah. All of I've been noticing that all the books have been like on point. Right. I, I studied yep. philosophy in yep. college um, and specifically I studied um, ethics uh is oh, my shit. ally field yeah <laughs> Th- thank thank god because i took exactly one philosophy class at community <laughs> college and i bullshitted my final paper after not reading the textbook and i got an a <laughs> amazing yeah no i i have an ally my allied field to my linguistics degree is um philosophy of ethics so uh that of course makes this doubly interesting to me because when i was Holy looking shit. specifically of course at the, <laughs> the stack of books on the table um, I was like, oh, these are like all texts that like I read or were referenced by other texts that I read in my philosophy courses that I've taken. Um, if I might be presumptive for a hot second, yeah. that sound of Will saying holy shit was them realizing they picked the perfect person to watch The Good Place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing that is really interesting is that um, they did have professors and scholars who worked on the show oh absolutely i can tell there's a structure to how eleanor learns the lesson of the day right that reminds me of and this is partially because i've been doing a lot of like going back to that but it reminds me of how edutainment is structured so that kids will learn the message of the day from the magic school bus or right. uh, something that something that has a plot, like not necessarily Bill Nye, the science guy or whatever, but specifically magic school bus or something to that effect where there is a fictional plot in which a character learns a thing. And that character is meant to be the guide for the audience learning the thing mm-hmm. uh, and cheaty guiding Eleanor through this. And then Eleanor learning the lesson for herself, much like our, our Lord and savior lightning McQueen. <laughs> It felt it felt like there was that level of research and thought put into it, even if it is somewhat introductory level mm-hmm. things at this moment. Is that sort of a thing that continues? Yeah, um, I, I think that it's not a spoiler to say the good place is 100 percent edutainment for adults uh, made out of desperation for people to learn to be better people um yeah i i don't i don't think it's necessarily a spoiler because i think that this comes across pretty clearly in both the the text and the structure of this episode that the thesis of the show is more or less in line with the aristotle concept of goodness being something that you can learn the kind of fake it till you make it principle of goodness um that is a core concept um, in this show that is also later challenged in some really fascinating ways. Um, but yeah, Gavin, you're totally on the money there. This is edutainment for adults. This is meant to educate its viewers. <laughs> I actually really, I like, really that. like that. Uh, and, me um, too. I love it. I think that that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I would not have latched onto this show as much without that element. Um, it makes me more excited about the good place mm-hmm. going forward somewhat. Just like I was fine with it when it was just a sitcom, but like we don't get many sitcoms that care. <laughs> this show. And that's the thing. Like this show has a lot of missteps. Fucking obviously. Yeah. yeah that Kendall Jenner joke is going to age super well. Isn't already out of date. Yeah. Womp womp. Um, also, how did y'all like this episode? Loved it. Other than the fucking, like, other than the fucking, like, ter- like flashbacks that made me want to die and melt into my couch into a puddle and just, like, become one <laughs> with the couch. Loved uh-huh. it. Uh, I, I liked, like, I... It has a misstep right at the beginning, like a big one. Um... One that I think is yeah. going to be constantly repeated, so it's just going to be me like, oh, yes, the good place, patting itself on the back. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't do that, maybe. Um, yep. uh, but it's like, there was so much, even in this episode, that I could latch onto to figure out what it is that I am in for. Um, like, it sets up the good mm-hmm. place really well. Like, these two first episodes together... Are, do a very, very good job of setting up what is going to happen, like the structure of it. The structure here is showing that the show already like is confident in its storytelling enough to have a plot and actual yeah. character growth and isn't just existing for the purpose of like delivering easy jokes to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Those, are per- those are delivered to the audience via yogurt signs. <laughs> that is true. The suggestion oh. of yogurt. <laughs> oh, also, that was I'm another joke. I don't know why it fucking got me, but the fact that Michael... I got no flavor. It's all I deserve. I yeah, have that yes. scene up, and it. T- I watched it seven times trying to figure out <laughs> if they uh, CGI his yogurt to be even more white because it... <laughs> Like the, oh. they use, um, I think they use fondant instead of yogurt because yeah. yogurt would melt, oh, and it's, it's so, so perfect. Funny. I can't tell if it's a still image that's being tracked <laughs> onto the cup to make it look worse, oh. but it looks so bad. It looks so bad. I got and Ted, no dancing, his performance in this episode makes me oh. excited for the good place. Yes, more than anything else. I can't compare it to anything because the first episode is, is a pilot, so it's like. Yeah, actually, it might not. It might. I don't know if it is the pilot. They might have shot a pilot and then redone it. But the one that is so. the intro, yeah, is an intro. So I can't really compare the two. But right. this is a solid. Like, I, I want to continue making the show. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Wowie zowie! What an episode! Oh whoa! Uh, so you can find us on. Uh, emptythecues.wordpress.com you can find us on socials at emptycuespod and next week will be a different track so we have different tracks for different shows and next week is an episode in which I watch Community with Joshi Rubino so I hope that you listen if you want to and if you don't I hope that you don't you don't have to listen to things that you don't want to listen to it's okay There's it, we have so little time on earth and every day okay bye